Uh, we're, we're in the middle of our mission series. It's a three-week series, Vision, Action, Impact. And we've been looking at the story of, of Saul's conversion in Scripture uh, that's found in Acts chapter 9. And, and this is an amazing story in Scripture. Um, basically, Saul, who was against the church, who was against Jesus and the movement that Jesus came for, I mean, to the point that he was persecuting Christians, he was, he was putting people in prison, he was, he was all about stopping God's movement. And what we see in Acts chapter 9 that we talked about last week was this amazing transformation where, where, where Saul is on his way to do harm to, to the movement of Christ, and all of a sudden God shows up and changes his vision. It, literally, Saul is walking along and, and God shows up and he falls to his knees and he loses his vision and God restores his vision, not just physically, but gives him a new vision for what he should be all about. And we see, you know, when you think of people that are against God or against the church or against what God's doing, there, there aren't many that are, that are further against it than Saul was. And so we see this radical, amazing movement of God that changed a life, changed vision, and, and what an awesome thing. So we want to get in tune with God's vision for this world. But today we're going to move on to the second thing, and we're going to talk about action. And this is good stuff. I, I hope this, this gets you excited today. It's got me excited um, we're, next week, we're going to talk about impact. We have the Radcliffs, who are awesome missionaries in the church to Papua New Guinea for many years, um, working in a hospital, the surgeons and, and doctors there, and they, they gave their lives to serve God and build the work of the church um, through medical missions in Papua New Guinea. You're going to want to hear them. They're awesome. But we're going to talk about the impact um, that, that happens when we catch God's vision and when we put it to action God works. So, so vision is great. We've got to be a people of vision. I asked you this last week, how many of you have ever had a clear vision for where you needed to go or what you needed to do, whether it's your family, your business, a church? Where, how many of you have ever had a clear vision for the future? I'm not talking about that God showed up in the middle of the night. I'm just that God gave you a vision for the future. I remember when I, before here, I, I was a youth pastor in South Carolina. And we moved down there, actually from here, and we started ministering there, and, and man, we had just an awesome first year there, and it was, people were bringing friends, and this youth group was, was growing, and there was this, there was just this excitement, and I, I, I was pumped up, but we were meeting in this room that, that honestly, we were just, we were packing it out, and we didn't have room to keep growing. And, and so I, I went to the church board, and I said, hey guys, we need more space, and they said, okay, well, why don't you just meet in the sanctuary? And as a young youth pastor who was there every Wednesday night and saw the way that the teens acted and heard the way that they spoke, I knew that having the teens in the sanctuary might not work out too well for some of the people that were suggesting it. They may not be as thrilled with having that group in the sanctuary because we were reaching people who didn't have a background from church. And so, so I said, well, you know, if that has to be it, that's fine. But, but man, we just need, you know, we're doing something great's happening here. And, and so, so the church said, okay, we're going to get you some new space. And so they, they went out and they bought um, two new buildings. New is a, that's a relative term, new to us, buildings. 
And, and the idea was that they were going to put these buildings together and we were just going to have like double the space that we had. And I got to tell you, I just got so pumped up about this vision of what God could do through this space and in this youth group. And, and I got this vision and I was so excited. But here's the thing we're going to talk about today. Catching the vision is great, but it's just the first step in following Christ. Catching God's vision for your life, for the world around you, is a great step, but in and of itself, it's not going to take us where we need to go. You can have a vision all you want, but if there's not action behind it, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to happen. And so I want to look at Acts chapter 9, verses 19 to 22 today, and this is the, the follow-up from last week. So Saul has been walking on the way to Damascus, and God showed up, and he fell to his knees, and he lost his sight, and his sight was then restored, and, and God basically changed his vision and got Saul on board with what God was doing, and all of a sudden he went from being the biggest enemy of Christ to one of the greatest missionaries for Christ. And so I want to pick it up in Acts chapter 9, because this is important to us today. Right after this conversion, after his sight, his vision is restored, and he's got this new vision for what he should do. It says this, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And then look here at verse 20. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among, among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners for the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So the vision changed. Saul his vision changed. He had a vision for what he wanted to do. He was against this movement. He was against the cause. God showed up and miraculously changed his vision to be all about this movement that he was against. Now he's, he's all for it. And what happens when God changes and gives Saul a new vision? What happens? It says, at once he began to preach at once. This is awesome. I love seeing God change lives, and I love it so much more when that person whose life has changed can't help but get to work for the kingdom by telling others about Jesus, by preaching about the transformation. It says that he spent just a few days with the disciples, and then at once he got to work. Here's the thing. Having a vision is great. But vision should lead us to action. If we do not have action, if we don't act on our vision, that vision will die. So here's the rest of the story from, from South Carolina. I had this great idea of what was going to happen when we got this building. I was so excited. I could see it. I could see it. And this is youth pastor stuff right here. But I could see the ping pong table and the pool table and the wall of champions. That was, our, that was one thing I was really excited. We were going to have a wall of champions where, you know, kids could do things that were awesome and we could put them up there. And I had this great vision for what it was going to look like. 
And then time passed by and nothing seemed to happen. And all of a sudden that excitement and that, I mean, you just heard that excitement in my voice, that excitement and that vision because there was no action kind of died. It went away because vision in itself is not enough. If there's not action that follows vision, vision will die. This is huge for us today. We, when we are changed by Christ, when we are transformed and given a new vision, the only way to continue on is to get to work, to take action, not just to sit around and wait. So, so what happens next? It says that people are astonished. They're astonished. They see Saul and they're astonished. They say, isn't this the guy who was against Christ's kingdom? Isn't this the guy who came here to hurt us? Isn't this the guy that, that was against the way? We saw some of this last week when Ananias, when, when God said, Ananias, go pray with Saul. He said, hold on just a minute. Isn't he, isn't he dangerous? Isn't he against what I'm all about. And so what we see right here next is God changes Saul. There's a transformation, gives him a new vision, and, and Saul immediately gets to work preaching the gospel. Can you imagine this? Think about this. The person that you know that is furthest from God, the person that you know that is, is the most against what you believe in God, all of a sudden, has a moment of change, and the next day is out preaching and teaching and working for God. Wouldn't that throw you off a little bit? Or do any of you know someone that's, that's that far out that it would throw you off big time? One of my, I, I, I gotta quit adding stories, but one of my favorite people that I've ever gotten to work with was a guy named Steve Haskins in South Carolina. And he was a guy that if you looked at him, he looked like Hulk Hogan. He looked like a biker. I mean, he, he, he didn't look like a guy that would be a servant of Christ, such a tender-hearted servant of Christ. But here's the thing. At one point, he was far, far from God. But God changed his life. And all of a sudden, he was new. And he took action. And, and all of a sudden, he became what God created him to be. And he's, he was a big part of why we ended up moving to South Carolina. Because when I met him, I said... I want to work with that guy. I want to minister. I want to be a part of what that guy's doing. So, so God changes Saul. God gives him a new vision. Saul gets to work, and, and the first response for people is, hold on just a minute. What's going on here? He, he shouldn't be doing this, right? Isn't he the wrong guy to be preaching and teaching? I'm afraid too often in the church, we think that when God changes somebody, we have to sit around and we have to wait for God to perfect that person or us before we can get to work. Sometimes I think we get in the mindset that, okay, God, I've given my life to you. Now I'm going to come and I'm going to listen to preachers and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn from other believers and I'm, gonna do, I'm just going to sit back for a while and I'm going to wait until I'm ready to go and serve and preach and do the work that you've called me to do. But I've got to get right first. And that is absolutely not true. That's not what we see in the story. When God changes someone, God changes them to take action. Not to sit around. And too often, 
We sit around and wait. Why is that? Number one, it's because we don't feel worthy. I mean, after all, who is Saul, the guy who was working against Jesus, who is he to turn around and start preaching about Jesus? What right does he have? So we don't feel worthy. We don't feel good enough. Maybe the second reason is this. We don't feel ready. Okay, God, you've changed me, but I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to go take action. I got to get better. I, I got to learn. Here's the thing. When God changes you and changes your vision, you're ready to take action. And here's why. We don't have to be perfect to be used by God because it's not our power at work, but God's. Hear that again. We don't have to sit around and wait and become perfect before we can be used by God because it's not about our power. It's about God's power at work in us. And when God transforms us, God's going to use us. And so it's not about sitting back and waiting. I think oftentimes we get the wrong view of what transformation and vision and salvation is all about. And we think, I'm making a change for my life. I'm making a decision to change who I am and what I'm all about. I am making this decision to go in a new direction. And we, we miss the fact that this isn't about me and what I'm doing. This is about God and what God's doing. See, Saul didn't set out to meet up with God. Saul had his own vision, and God showed up and changed everything. And here's the thing. I know that some of you can think back to the moment that you made a decision to follow Jesus, and you did. We do have a decision to make in this process. But I want you to know that if you are sitting here this morning, your faith, your life, your purpose, your vision was at work in you long before you ever came to know Jesus. You serve a Savior that has been pursuing you long before you even knew it. And when you make a decision to follow Jesus, it's only because of the work that Jesus has been doing in your life for a long time. And so, see, we think this is about us, but this is about God. And notice this, the first thing that Paul does, he gets up and he goes and what? He preaches. And what does he preach? He preaches, look at me, I've changed my life, I'm awesome. Look at this. Do you see how much I've grown? Do you see how much I've changed? That's not what he preaches. He preaches, Jesus is the Son of God. The Jesus that I've been fighting against is the Son of God. He's it. It's not about me. It's about Him. Jesus is the Son of God. See, see, Saul knew it. This isn't about him. This isn't about a decision that he made because he was pursued and changed by the Almighty God. And it wasn't about his purposes. It was about him following God's purposes, getting on board with what God was doing. And so when God changes our lives... When God changes our vision, we have to get to work. We have to get to work because it's, it's not just a small change we're making, but we're getting in line with what God has been doing in our lives and in the world 
for, since the beginning of time. We have to get to work. We can't sit around. We can't be, we can't be dormant. We have to get to work. For Saul, that meant getting up and preaching. For Saul, that meant that he was going to go to the synagogues, the very places that he was on his way to, to arrest people. He was going to go, and he was going to preach about Jesus being the Son of God. That's what it was for Saul. I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what action it is that God wants you to take to fulfill the vision that God has for your life and the world around you, but I know this. It's not just about sitting around and being comfortable. It is about taking part in the restoration and the redemption of the world around us to know Christ, to be restored to who we were created to be, that our lives, maybe you're not going to be a preacher, but our lives should preach that Jesus is the Son of God. And there is no other way to hope to happiness, to life, than through Jesus Christ. And and so here's the thing. If we're going to take action, that's not a super comfortable thing. It's not comfortable. There's nothing comfortable about following Jesus and taking action. The only thing that we can find comfort in is that we're following the Almighty God and we have God's power at work in us, but, but it's an uncomfortable thing to follow Christ. We've talked for the last a month or so about neighboring. And I've been really honest with you. Like, it is uncomfortable for me to go out of my way to talk to people and to try to, to serve people and to give of my time and my energy to people. It's not comfortable. But in order to step into our calling, we have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. This is a hundred. You can't just keep life the same it is, be changed by God, and keep going. When God changes you, it all changes. It all gets shook up. And you got to get out of your comfort zone to step into what God has for you. Because God is at work in big ways. And so I think one of the great problems we have in the church today is the problem of inaction. I think for far too long, the church has just come together and sung songs and shook each other's hands and read the Bible together and prayed together, and those are all great things. I'm not knocking any of those things, but for way too long, the church has been about coming together as the church and loving each other and being comfortable. You guys, it's easy to be comfortable, isn't it? I was thinking about this. How many of you sit in the same seat every week or close to it? I'm raising, I will raise my other hand just so you know that I'm raising my hand. How many of you see the same 20 people and talk to them every week? Okay. How many of you enjoy being comfortable? You like it when the music fits you. You like it when, you know, you like it when the, the pastor keeps it a little bit shorter and doesn't keep you extra time. We like comfort. We tend to do the same things every day, every week. We're a people of comfort. But when God changes us, there is no place for comfort. Only to be totally 
surrendered to what God has for us. And for far too long, I think the church has been comfortable. And I think it's time that we get uncomfortable and ask God, what do you want to do? How can I serve you? Does that mean I've got to go over to my neighbor's house and talk to them when I just want to go inside? It probably does. Does that mean when I see someone in need that I've got, to, I've got to be the one to help them? It probably does. All I know is this. It doesn't mean just coming together and sitting and enjoying each other's company and then going home and not being a people of action. We need to be a people of vision, God's vision. But we've got to be a people of action. God says, follow me. And you'll get it. Take action. When I change you, take action. Think about this. The disciples that followed Jesus, was that comfortable? No. Do you think it was comfortable for Saul, who had spent his whole life going in one direction, to change it and go a different direction? Is it comfortable to be the guy that people are like, hold on, what's going on with that guy? He doesn't deserve... That's... There is nothing comfortable about this. Uh, I want to be honest with you. I am not comfortable with what God calls me to do. There, this isn't a comfort thing for me to get up and speak in front of you. It's not a comfort thing for me to do what I do every day. It's an action thing that flows from the vision that God has for me, for the church, and the world. And so it's not about comfort. It's about service. It's about commitment. Verse 22. Look at verse 22. It says this. So, so Saul was changed and got to work and people said, hold on just a minute. That guy probably shouldn't be doing this. Who is that guy? What's he doing? But look at verse 22. Well, you're not going to see it, but I'm going I'm to read it to you. So listen to verse 22. It says this. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you hear that? Saul grew more and more powerful and was baffling people by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So what does it mean that he grew? It means that he wasn't there to start, but he took action, and as he took action, God continued to help him grow. What's the result of his vision and action? It's growth. When you think about the disciples, when they decided to follow Jesus, they didn't have it all figured out. They were all working in a different direction, but God changed them, changed their vision, and they took action and they grew. See, here's the thing. Faith is not a passive thing. Faith is an active thing. Faith in Christ, faith in God is not about being passive and just living a life that checks all the boxes of doing the right things and not doing the wrong things. Faith is something that changes us, that calls us to action. I've got a, I've got a, I've, I've had four kids, but I've got another kid. Can we pull the picture up of my other kid? Yeah, there it is. If you guys don't know, you probably see this out, out in the parking lot every week. Like, that's my truck. I love that truck. 
1997 Chevy Silverado. If I had gotten a brand new truck, I'm, I'm going to tell you my age. If I had gotten a brand new truck the year I turned 16, that could have been it right there. And about five, six years ago, I bought this truck from a guy um, who was a member at this church. And I was driving this truck, and I love this truck, but, but then when I became the pastor, there's a car that, that, that the pastor drives, and so I drive that car, the Toyota Venza. It's lovely, it's economical, yeah, but I love my truck. I want you to see something about the truck that I think parallels well our faith. And this, is, this couldn't be more perfect. So I was thinking about this idea that, that faith is not passive, it's active. And the truth of the matter is this. If you're not active in your faith, then your faith is not growing. In fact, if you're not active with your faith, you're probably, your faith is probably dying. And I was thinking about this. And when you have a, a, a truck or a car like this and you don't use it, there's a little thing in it called a battery. And if you don't drive your baby truck, guess what happens? It dies. Because batteries in trucks are meant to be used just like our faith is meant to be active. That truck is meant to be used. And if it's not used, guess what happens? It dies. It won't start, and, and this, is, this is why this is so perfect, because yesterday we had the 100 yards thing where we went and, and raked leaves for people in the community, and we got done with it, and I got a call from Pastor Teresa, and she said, hey, I just want to let you know that your truck is dead. <laughs> and I thought, well, usually I'd be like, oh, that's a bummer, but this time I was like, that's awesome. That's what I'm talking about tomorrow. <laughs> Our faith is, is like that truck battery. If we are not using our faith, if we are not putting the vision and the faith that we have in God to action, it's going to die. It's not going to work the way it's supposed to. And so when we get comfortable, when we get lazy in our faith, when we get passive, we're not growing. We're going the opposite way. Comfort is the enemy of growth. This is true in just about every walk of life. Comfort is the enemy of growth. If you're comfortable with where you are, you're probably not going to grow. You don't have any desire to because you're comfortable. We are called to action. And what that means is that we have to take our faith, we have to take this vision that God has, and we have to put it to work. We've got to practice it. And so we can't be a church that just comes every week and is passive. And I'm not trying to be negative towards anyone. I, I want you to know you guys are great people. But we've got to get to work. God is up to something. God is doing something. Not just overseas, but right here in Westchester and around this country and all around the world. God is at work. And we've got to get to work. Because when we take action towards our vision... Like Saul, we grow to become more like Jesus. And not only do we grow to become more like Jesus, but God moves and works. See, this is, this is the vision for our church. Our vision as a church is upward, outward, forward. And the idea behind this vision is that all of us will be growing closer to Jesus, growing to become more like Jesus, 
We will be going and serving, be a people of action, and those go hand in hand. They work together. You're not going to have one without the other. As you grow closer to Jesus, you will go more and serve more and love more and vice versa. And then forward that we're going to invest in our future by, by passing our, our faith and passing our, our, our love for Christ to those that are coming after us. And so our, our vision goals are that every person will grow and that every person will serve and love and be active in what God is doing in the world around us. This is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. And so if we want to see the impact, vision, action, impact, if we want to see the impact of God in our world, in our community, in the people's lives around us, guess what? We got to get on board with God's vision. We got to get to work and take action. And if we will do that, there will be impact because God's power is exponentially stronger than anything that we could tap into. This is the same God. The God that we are here to worship today is the same God that knocked Saul to his knees and changed his life completely. It's the same God that called him to something new. The God we serve today is the same God that's been active since the beginning of time. And God's plan is still unfolding and we're invited into it. Let's look at verse 31. Talking about impact, it says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. You know what this says? When God changed Saul's life and his vision changed, and when, when he took action and, and was called to action by God, there was impact. People's lives were changed. And the kingdom, the church, the kingdom was strengthened. And so here's the thing. We find ourselves today in Westchester, Ohio, in 2019. It's, a, it's been a long time since Saul. But God still is working to redeem the world around us. God wants to change the lives of the people you work with every day. God wants to change the lives of the people that live in the neighborhoods around the church. God wants to do incredible things. It is still God's desire that this world would be redeemed and that all would know him. So we got to be a people of action. The band's going to come up and... Uh, and next week, I just want to remind you, is our Faith Promise Sunday. And one of the ways that we take action is, is through giving to Faith Promise. It funds our, our missions work, local and global, around the world. It funds it through the giving we do next week. And so next week is, is Faith Promise. We're going to see a little video about that here after this song. But, but God calls us to action, and one of those actions is we give. We support the work of the people that are serving, the over 700 missionaries that are serving around the world. But this is much more than just giving. This is us taking action to step into God's calling for our lives and God's vision for this world around us and the people around us. And so, as we continue through this mission series and as we continue to think about what God wants from us, I just want you to open your heart to God right now. 
And I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to pray, God, don't let my faith be passive. Don't let me be comfortable. But call me to serve you. Call me to action, to a faith that causes impact through your power that's at work through me. And so as we sing this last song, I just want you to open your heart to God. And I want you to ask, what is it, God, that you would have me do? What action do you want me to take to follow you this week? Father, we love you. I thank you that you're a God that can radically change even the people that are furthest from you. I thank you that you're a God that can, can draw us to our knees even when we're working against you and that you can change our vision and you can change who we are and you can change our lives. Lord, if there's any in here today that just need to experience that moment of change, I pray, Lord, right now that they would surrender themselves to you, that they would say, my vision for my life for my family, for my career, for, for everything is not God's vision. And I want to serve you, God. So if there are any here today that are in that place, I just pray that, that they would offer themselves to you right now. But Lord, I know there's a lot of us in here today that we, we like comfort. We, we, we like to do the same thing every week and we like to be comfortable and we like it when things are are the way we want them. Father, I pray that you would call us to get out of our comfort zone, call us to action, to have a faith for you and a love for you that's so strong that it changes every word we say and everything we do and that we would be channels like Saul that could bring impact and change to our families, to our friends, to our communities to the world around us. Lord, call us to action today. In Jesus' name, amen.